Welcome to the best kept secret video cast and podcast from Centricity. If you're a B2B service professional, use our five-step process to go from the grind of chasing every sale to keeping your pipeline full with prospects knocking on your door to buy from you. We give you the freedom of time and a life outside of your business. Each episode features an executive from a B2B services company sharing their provocative perspective on an opportunity that many of their clients are missing out on. It's how we teach our clients to get executive decision makers to buy without being salesy or spammy. Here's our host, the co-founder and CEO of Centricity, Jay Kingley. I'm Jay Kingley, co-founder and CEO of Centricity. Welcome to another episode of our Best Kept Secret show, where I'm happy to welcome Tracy Jones, the CEO of Tremendous Leadership. Tremendous Leadership provides motivational leadership and personal development material focused on businesses with under 250 employees and less than $50 million in revenue. She's based in Enola, Pennsylvania, which is just outside of Harrisburg, which is the state capital in central Pennsylvania. Tracy, welcome to the show. Jay, thank you. It is just a tremendous honor to be here. I love how you work in that tremendous. That is tremendous in and of itself. Tracy, I work with so many uh, business owners, Uh, So many of them are in our program at Centricity. And the very first thing that is always a struggle for people is focus and clarity. People are so hesitant to say, I don't want to pass up a piece of business. I don't want to niche down. I don't want to focus because what if there's a client out there that wants me that's not in that focus area that I've talked about. And that reminds me of one of my favorite all-time sayings, which is when you try to be everything to everybody, then you are nothing to nobody. And I know, Tracy, from our conversations, you see the same thing, but I'd like to get your perspective on this issue of broad versus Focus. Oh, Jay, thanks so much. And to the listeners out there, uh, my 13th year anniversary is coming up in January. And as Jay said, I'm going to save you a lot of time, headache, and wasted resource. That customer that might just happen to, that's a unicorn. That's not going to happen. And uh, Jay, I would say the biggest thing that I have been learning in these 13 years is how to continue to hone my focus. And my father was a big entrepreneur, motivational speaker, Charlie Tremendous Jones. He would always say, Tracy, the art of abandonment. And that means you get very hyper, super focused on what your specific calling is. Um, I can remember when I first came back to run the business and uh, my background is operations, uh, different working in Fortune 100 companies, non-entrepreneurial. And Bruce Wilkerson, who had written The Prayer of Jabez and sold millions of copies, said to me, Tracy, what do you want to focus on? Writing, speaking or operations, running the book business? And I said, in my naivete. <laughs> well, all of them, of course. Why can't I be tremendous at all of them? And he's like, mm. you know, young Padawan, you're going to have to focus on this. And I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Because I knew better, right? And, and, and I heard this again and again. Then working on my PhD, my dissertation, which I started three years ago, they kept saying, you can't just write on leadership. I got a PhD in leadership. What about leadership? And they said, picture a tree, then picture a branch, then picture a twig, 
then picture at the cellular level, then go to the micro, uh, micro, uh, microbial level. That is how finely tuned you want to get. You need to be an expert at one thing and you, that is going to call you. And they said, think about your doctor. Who do you think makes more money? A specialized orthopedic surgeon? or a, a general practitioner, nothing against general practitioners, but the more specialized you are, that's where you get it. So I would say to the, the folks out there, this is the biggest thing that people struggle with is Napoleon Hill called it the definiteness of purpose. What is it? Tell me what you want and I'll show you how to get it. But until you know exactly what you want, and this is an eternal constant process of finding, refining, and pruning, you're just, you're not, you're not as tight like a laser. You're more like a kaleidoscope. You got to dial it in. And that, that's a process. You know, it, it, it's interesting because it, it reminds me of a couple of companies that are public companies. They are among the most highly valued uh, in anywhere in the world in terms of market value. And think back on how they started. Google started with a very big focus on search engines. And yes, as they grew, they have the scale to bring in dedicated teams to add different business lines. But each team is, I would even argue, hyper-focused. Uh, take a look at Facebook. They didn't start with Facebook Instagram and WhatsApp, as we, uh, we, we know, they started with Facebook and it had a very specific purpose in the beginning, which really came out of college and replacing the old Facebooks, which, you know, is from my time, which were literally pictures uh, that you would get printed. And, and Zuckerberg took it online. Very, very tight focus. And we could say, you know, the same thing about uh, Apple, the same thing about Amazon. I don't know of a successful business that lacks focus and really has had, fo you know, and has lacked focus at any point in their development. In fact, there's plenty of examples of businesses that lose their focus and immediately start a, a run of falling apart. You, that's called Mission Drift, and Peter Greer has a brilliant book about that. Um, the other thing is once you get it, and we'll talk about that a little after, you have to keep the focus. Uh, but it's I, I'm almost reminded of Jim Collins' hedgehog principle. You have to focus on, yes, the economic engine, because you're not a business person if you're not – you've got to make a profit. you got to pay yourself. Otherwise, you're just – you're doing terrible, or so you got to do it. Um, it's got to get you up in the morning, so you got to be passionate at it. Number three, you have to be the best in the world at it, and there's something that you, that everybody listening is the best in the world at. Your experience is your expertise. So you have to fight this lure of looking at the, the FOMO or the next bright shiny thing. Oh, Jay, this speaker's doing this. Or Tracy, why don't you do this? No, 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 no. I need to stay really focused on what it is, that one thing that I do better than everybody else. And that takes a lot of time. So for the entrepreneurs out there, this is where if you lay this proper groundwork and it takes the most time, this is the preparation everything else flows naturally out of that. And you won't have these false starts, these misses. Yes, there's experimentation that goes on. Um, but a lot of people start experimenting and throwing spaghetti against the wall before they even really know what wall am I supposed to be throwing it at? Well, and that, my friends, is the real truth. So Tracy, let me ask you this. How is it that business owners, the entrepreneurs, executives out there need to reframe how they are looking 
at this issue of the need for focus and clarity? Well, I think you really need to sit down and get very clear on what is it that you really want? And there's many different things out there. I read uh, a story about Dennis Waitley, who wrote The Psychology of Winning. We've all read that. He just re-released it after all these years. And one of the things that Dennis did was he was just failure after failure, you know, Funny thing about all these greats out there, they started out just like us. What am I doing? I'm still not dialing it in. Something's not right. You know, you get that feeling in your gut and on your cash flow statements, something's not working, folks. I'm not getting traction. And what Dennis did was he actually sat down and said, I have to write down a process to help me find out what it is that I am looking for. Hence the book, The Psychology of Winning. So, each of us needs to just really get quiet, get clear, whatever it is. And yeah, you've got a couple people in your life that are going to pour into you. That's again, back to Napoleon Hill, the mastermind group that really are going to sit down and come alongside you and help you peel everything else away. And it's already in you. You just have to, that's why abandonment is so important. It's in you folks. And we're, we're looking outside of us for this thing already in us. We just got to uncover it. And that takes time. Um, I, for the listeners out there am committing to between now and the end of the year, I'm pushing everything else off because I need to go back into my little hibernation hiatus about really what to do. Okay. I got to tell you another story. Winston Churchill's one of my one of my heroes. After he got fired, you know, after he saved saved uh, you know uh, England uh, from Germany and and was summarily dismissed because you know people are fickle, as Heidi Klum in Project One Way says, one day you're in and the next you're out. Um, it was later um, uh, the president invited him to speak at a college, um, and he spent his hiatus time just using his incredible critical thinking skills and still looking and saying, I. I see the danger that is out there. That was his overarching purpose to alert the world to the dangers of communism. Okay. Even after World War II was done, he still saw the steady creep. Gee, look at what's going on today. All right. And so he sat there and he came up with his, uh, speech that he gave at a college in Missouri, and that put him back in power. So take your downtime, go, uh, get insulated, Read, find out, go deep. What is it? What is that purpose? And work out your next strategy. Because as my dad would say, if you work your fingers to the bone, all you get is bony fingers. I, I believe uh, the, the Churchill the speech you're talking about is where the term the Iron Curtain Absolutely. Uh, was first articulated. And it does show you that the power that you're talking about. Yes. Now, you, you've, you've really, I think you, you've clearly articulated what the challenge is. And it's endemic. Uh, you've talked about how to change your thinking about it. But I know most executives are sort of bottom line people. They want to understand what's going to be the impact. Let's start with the impact on the decision maker themselves. When they make this change, Tracy, how does it change for them on an emotional basis? Um, it's you get the fire in the belly. You get that relentlessness. You probably see people out there and you're like, my goodness, they are on point all the time. They're not taking happy pills or endorphins, although, you know, endorphins help with exercise. The reason they are so like that 
and my dad was like that is because he was so dialed in. So you get that fire in the belly and you get this relentlessness. You no longer fear no's because the no's don't matter because you know you're in your lane, your zone of genius and calling and you'll sleep well. The other thing is, Jay, you save so much time and resources and spending time on contractors and all right, I'll pay you to try and get this click funnel or this because you just suddenly know what conversations to have because you're so tightly focused, you know who to talk to and you know where to spend your money. So it hits your bottom line and you know where to spend your money. And you also, it just gives you a wonderful, um, just relentlessness that, um, you know, death before quitting, you know, I know I'm meant to do this and I'm not going to stop at doing it. So I cannot emphasize how much for the leader, if you are feeling exhausted and I've been there friend, it's because you're not dialed in on your purpose and you need to back it up. I don't care if you hire the 10 most brilliant people in the world. I don't care if you get a grant of a hundred million dollars. If you don't have that focus, you're still going to feel like you're on the playing field and you're not sure what to do next. And you're going to try everything and you're going to be exhausted and you're going to burn out and you might tank the business. I came very, very close. Yeah. And I think what you're talking about is something that so many business owners are currently experiencing or certainly have been through that, as I like to call the roller coaster of feast and famine. And that is not a fun ride. Uh, Tracy, talk a little bit about the benefits to the business itself from making this type of change in your thinking. Absolutely. Well, when you get really clear on it, um, and, and my father was really good at that, I came back and thought, well, I have a different skill sets. I can kind of broaden it. And um, in doing so, I... Um, lost a lot of my clients and clients are revenue. So I had to refocus back in and get clear on what it is. There's two kinds of business momentum, Jay. There's your residual momentum, your clients that are continually coming in and your creative momentum, which you're in, is your infusion of new creativity, new products, new strategy, new vision, new integrators to help you execute. So your residual is great, but just like the second law of thermodynamics, You've, you've got to be touching it and pinging it and spinning that top. Otherwise, it eventually stops. And so I did not realize this, even though I have a strong engineering background. I thought, well, this residual customer client and all out there, everything's changing constantly. So uh, to the bottom line, you have to have this beautiful blend of uh, don't stop doing what's working. OK, and that's what I did. I stopped doing something that was working because I went too far over on the creative momentum side. And I I lost 90% of my revenue within a three, 90, not nine, 90% of my revenue within a three month period. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I had to heighten, heighten my uh, creative juices and you know what business leaders, you're going to make mistakes. Okay. Um, but, but we're not launching nuclear bombs. You just get back in the game, you try to regroup and you figure out, ah, oh, crap, I messed that up. How do we make this right? What do we do to recover? And, and Tracy, you know, that old expression that the cobbler's children have no shoes. So let, let me call you out here a little bit yourself. You mentioned, you know, the depth that you went in, uh, but talk to us how you took these principles, applied it to your business. And what did you see in terms of profitability and other tangible 
uh, business outcomes yourself. Well, Jay, I am um, a newly minted entrepreneur in that I was always working in Fortune 100. Like I said, I was in the military. So I'm a left brainer. I'm an, I'm an analytic. So I come back and I come to run a second generation, very right brain entrepreneurial sales. And I'm like, wow, okay, let's, let's see what this is happening. So what I kind of did was look at this and say, okay, for the residual momentum, that was then, this is now. So I wanted to keep the DNA of the business. Okay. That's the singularity. That's the focus. And I knew I wanted to keep that, but I had to come and bring what I was bringing to the table, which was different than my father had. Now there was a lot of congruence as far as our values and principles, but the, but the creative spark that I put in is how I did it. So I kept what was working and what I did, I kind of tried to rest on the residual for too long. And I ran, I ran the, the money, money engine out of green stuff <laughs> to fuel it. And so I said, okay, I have to get very, very clear on what is it that I bring to the table. And I came back to, to do this. And, and what is it? I know a thing or two about leadership. So I wasn't coming in going, I got nothing. I had a lot but I had to really, uh, really dialed it in. And once I did that, Jay, I went through a period where we were at 90% loss of revenue. And thank God I had money in stores because again, as an operations person, I'm, I'm very good money-wise because I have an MBA too. But I was running out of, um, out, of the, out of the cash that I had in reserve. Once I really dialed in, I pruned off everything that no longer was serving the new mission and I got the right people in. I flipped. I now am paying everybody, profitable, able to do my charitable giving, and my profits are up about 25%. But we are just getting started. So I am still a work in process. And for our listeners out there, this is after being at the helm for almost 13 years. Well, that I, I think is compelling testimony as to the power and the fact that we all struggle with this need to focus. This is not something that is unusual. This is something that is incredibly common. So let's take that and talk about what are the practical steps that you find that business owners should be taking in order to get this sort of focus and clarity around what it is that they're doing. Well, one of the best things that I recently did was I connected through LinkedIn with a gentleman called Kevin McCarthy, and he has a whole series. We have his new book coming out next month uh, called Tough Shift which is about the life altering things that happen. But he has, uh, his whole brand is on purpose, being on purpose. And really, Jay, niche is your purpose. What on earth are you here for? You, not not to be a cog in, in the wheel of everything, but but you have very unique gifts. So he has a two-purpose, two-word purpose test. And imagine that if you could distill your reason for getting out of bed in the morning to two words. As an engineer, I like that. I can stay on point with that. So he could, takes you through this process where you basically can say, I exist to serve others by blank, blank. And it's a verb and then a noun. Now. Now that I got my on purpose, which, which for me, it was liberating greatness. And I look at, and that's my dad too, enthusiasm. Everybody has this unbelievable potential inside of them. So then that is your mothership and everything else, all from the publishing to the coaching, to the cult something, to the courses, those are the tendrils that emanate out of the mothership. I tell people it's like God, you got God, but then you have God in flesh 
God in spirit and God, in, you know what I'm saying? There's other, like the Trinity, the concept of, for those listeners that are familiar, you have different manifestations of the one entity, same entity, but different manifestations. So Kevin's thing really helped me. If I try anything else, does it tie back to my mothership, to my two word purpose? If it does, then I will rank and stack it, stack, stack it, stack it, stack it in order of where it needs to go because you can't do everything at once. You've got to, you know, stay focused on one thing at a time. And that really, really helped me out a lot with getting clear on still who am I and does it relate back to my purpose? And I get so many people, our listeners out there will call, call you with all these ideas. And I tell the people, no more new ideas. Okay. Results. We're going to execute because ideas, who doesn't have a million ideas? Stop, 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 stop. We're going to focus on this one. And I'm going to put that in a parking lot because I'm an entrepreneur and new ex ideas excite me. So I can't turn them off, but I'm going to, I have a folder. I put them over here and I stay focused. Does that emanate back to my two word purpose? I think, you know, they, they call that the shiny syndrome, the shiny new thing syndrome. And it is a focus killer. So I love uh, what you're saying here. Anything else you'd recommend in terms of concrete steps to take? Yeah, I have a couple different tests, singularity tests that actually can help you really dial in. And it honestly takes you back. Uh, the research in um, andragogy and pedagogy, which is adult and children learning, says that at nine years old, you are clearest in what you want to be when you grow up. Okay. And that's why we're always asking little kids, what do they be? What do you want to be when they grow up? I tell them it's because we as adults need good ideas. That's when you're most pure, when your brain is most open and absorptive. And when you are dialed into really what your genetic coding, imprinting and talents are. So the singularity stuff that I work with on people is to really help you dial back and go, when did you experience joy? What have your life experiences um, given you extra credibility with? And how do you take that to the next level? That uh, has been a, an amazing conversation. It really addresses such a fundamental issue that so many people struggle that is preventing them from moving forward. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll learn a little bit more about Tracy. Are you wondering how much longer you have to grind and chase for every lead conversation and client? Would you like clients to knock on your door so you no longer have to pitch, follow up, and spam decision makers? Well, Centricity's Category 1 program uses a proven five-step process that will help you get in front of the decision makers you need by spending less time doing all the things you hate. It's not cold calling, cold email, cold outreach on LinkedIn or any other social media, or even spending money on ads, but it does have a 35 times higher ROI than any of those things leveraging your expertise and insights at your prospects and network value. The best part, even though you'll see results in 90 days, you get to work with the Centricity team for an entire year to make sure you have all the pieces in place and working so you can start having freedom of time and a life outside of your business. So email time at centricityb2b.com to schedule an 18-minute call to learn more. Welcome back. Let's find out a little bit more about Tracy. Tracy, let me start with understanding in terms of your business, what are the pain points that you solve for your clients and why do they need you to get rid of that pain? There's three areas where people reach us out and really sought out my father too. And first of all, that's for people that have been through wonderful ex or tragic experiences. And my dad would always say, hey, you didn't go through that for you. You went through something 
primarily adversarial because that's how we grow, um, to share that with other people. So we have been in publishing since 1967, published with Ken Blanchard, Zig Ziglar, you know, Brian Tracy, big names. But I really want to share with other leaders out there, you need to get your wisdom in print. So we work with existing and emerging authors because there's something you went through and the world, that's selfish of you to keep it to yourself. The world needs to hear because they are in pain too. And you, what you went through is going to encourage them or give them the solutions that they need. You're going to either offer them a feeling or a solution. Those are the reasons people read a book. So number one, with authors and helping them get their expertise out there in the field of personal development, everybody wants to live a tremendous life. So anybody that. So we really work with authors on that. The second thing is, as leadership consultants, there's two groups of people that come to me. One is existing leaders that have some kind of a pain point, um, something contemptuous, cantankerous, something adversarial going on in their organization. And they come to me to talk about how do I troubleshoot? Um, I w when I was in the Air Force working on fighter jets, I worked in quality assurance. I'm very much about root cause analysis. I want to get to the root of what is causing you distress, because if we don't kill it at the root, it's just going to grow back, manifest, get like cancer. You don't get it all out. What happens? It comes back with a vengeance. So I really work with leaders and unpack what is this? What do you need to do? Uh, support them because I am a leader's leader. After 40 plus years of working all over the world and supervising people, I have seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. So I can tell, I can walk them through this because I've been through every beautiful thing and every horrific thing. The third thing that people come to me with that we can really help them with is a life transition. Um, I always thought my core market would be young emerging leaders. My core market is really people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and even 80s that have these wonderful careers behind them, but realize my ticket isn't touched. I'm just getting going. And so we really work with them. And that's what the whole Spark course is about is what's next in your life. You've got the kids grown. You've got money. You've got your solid but you know, Jay, if we take care of ourselves, we're all going to live to be probably 90. At 50, you're really just getting started. So we work with people about what is that next great thing in life now that you are free to serve? What is that? And that's very, very, very exciting. Tracy, the reason that people are going to want to reach out and work with you is not because of what you do, but it is because you are great at doing it. So um, share with us, what is it? that makes you great at doing the things that you do. Well, thank you, Jay. I appreciate that. Uh, first of all, I say, and Willie Jolly told me this, he says, Tracy, there's imprinting, there's influences, and there's inspiration. And what makes me great at what I do is I was raised at the feet of the motivational speakers. I tell people, I think I read How to Win Friends and Influence People before the pokey little puppy. All right. So I sat from a child, a little baby on listening to these unbelievable men and women sharing that, you know what? You can do it. Life is there. You're meant to pour out and to pour into people. And they were entrepreneurial spirit and, and all ships rise together. That's what I grew up with. And adversity is your friend and eat it up because the more problems you have, Norman Vincent Peale told me, the more alive you are. So I grew up with this. This isn't just a self-help thing. I grew up learning how work and fun and passion are one big bundle that make you the greatest that you can be. 
All right. Um, second of all, as far as influences, I've worked all over the world. Fortune 100, defense contracting, in the military, in small business, you name it, everything else. I also got my PhD in leadership. So I have the street smarts and the um, intellectual smarts to really help people unpack the lay of the landscape, the context of what they're operating in. And then the last thing is what, what, what inspires you? I tell people, you got your IQ and your EQ, but the third leg of the stool is your SQ, your faith base, your spiritual quote. Uh, because no matter what you know, and even if you have the perfect team, Jay, you know it. Life sometimes throws you, throws you stuff that if you don't have something buoying you up, you're out for the count. And so I really dial in that spiritual aspect of, hey, um, I know it looks like this, but there's so much going on behind the scenes and helping you dial into that. So you have the core to three strands is not easily broken. You need that other aspect element too. And that's, that's really what I'm dialed into. And that's what my, my doctoral research was really in your innate resiliency, your adaptive capacity, because no matter what happens in life, you can do everything right, have it all go wrong. But if you have the ability to regenerate in your nature, you're going to have a tremendous life. And that's who we read the books about. And Tracy, uh, one of the things that I observed and have observed is that if you are blessed to live long enough, and I will say almost guaranteed by 50, likely by 40, you have a shot at 30, and unfortunately, sometimes even in your 20s, you will be kicked in the teeth by life. So you're not ever, if you're blessed to live long enough, going to escape that. That isn't the issue. The issue, as you, as you mentioned, is... How are you going to respond when life does that to you? And that will separate us out. So I really resonate with your saying, uh, what you're saying. So now I encourage everyone to go to LinkedIn and they can get more of the details of all the things you have done in your impressive career. But as always, I am much more interested in the why than the what. So share with us, what is that key thing that has happened in your be it your personal life or professional life, which really tell us why you're doing what you do today. Oh, thanks, Jay. Well, uh, number one, like I said, just growing up, understanding that um, we're a collective. Uh, we're meant to do this together, to be in community. Uh, um, none of us is as smart as all of us. So I really grew up with the whole spirit of um, you, the job doesn't make you, you make the job. You create the atmosphere. So this was imprinted in me very early on. I own it. I am responsible for the energy I bring in. I am responsible for my development. I am responsible for uh, what happens to me, all that good stuff. And again, as you mentioned, sometimes good things, bad things happen to good people or it just, it just happens. It's life and uh, life isn't fair, but it's how we respond to it. So that's the first thing is that just was so imprinted on me. And, and the older I got, I realized how few people understand this. And so it became my passion that I can't imagine living life the other way, that fatalistic, oh, well, you know, the, the locus of control is outside versus inside. That's got to be so scary and so tiring. So I want to let people understand that. Number two, as you said, I worked in bureaucracy after bureaucracy because I figured that bigger was better. Bigger is not better. Okay. Because in bureaucracies, there's a lot of nonsense that, yeah, too big to fail means you're harboring an awful lot of things you shouldn't be harboring. So after I got kicked to the teeth because thinking, oh, it's the country. Oh, it's democracy. Oh, it's economics. Oh, it's the government. No, 
No, the only thing that's going to save the planet is individuals helping other individuals. And so after 20 years of just suddenly looking and going, that's it. I am exchanging time for money. I'm not dealing with this anymore. There are no ethics in big bureaucracies. I'm out. Okay. Cause I don't want to meet my maker and have them go. Yeah, that was nice. But there's so many other lives you could have touched if you were free to serve. So that was a compelling thing at 45 years of age. When my father passed, I was so burnt out and cooked on bureaucracies and trying to do the right thing and getting shut down. And I'm not perfect folks out there. I'm sure I caused as many problems as I thought others caused. But that's when I just got the calling and said, you know what, Tracy, you do you and you take all this stuff and you help other people. And uh, and people can work in big bureaucracies and find their own peace and space and joy in it. But it, it, it wasn't my path. And so I'm out now helping other people realize, my goodness, there's so much more when you're really free to serve. It's a different kind of stress, Jay, but I will take the entrepreneurial stress over the bureaucratic stress every day because in the end, I thought I was a bureaucrat. My dad was the salesy guy. I'm process girl. I'm in the military. I'm $400 million budgets and thousands of people. And in the end, I realized that's not really me. I'm, I'm more the other side of it. So it's helping people really just dial in where you're going to be free to serve best. One of the things uh, that uh, Tracy uh, told me when we were uh, talking about her coming on as a guest, and she alluded to it, she had talked about the singularity test. Uh, there's a Kelly followership test and other great resources. And Tracy was so kind to tell me, Jay, if any of your listeners would like these resources and be pointed in the right direction, how how you would be more than happy to share with you. So that, uh, and not to mention, by the way, just general follow-up, continue the dialogue with Tracy. So Tracy, how best for people to reach out to oh, you? Thanks, Jay. Best way to get a hold of me is just you can email me directly at tjones at tremendousleadership.com. Uh, the website is www.tremendousleadership.com. And also our phone numbers on the website too, 717-701-8159. But even if you forget it, I know Jay has it, tremendousleadership.com is where to go. No, no issue. And guys, I will put all this in the show notes so that uh, you'll know how to uh, click and get a hold of Tracy, continue the dialogue, get those resources that she talked about. They will be very, very helpful to you. Tracy, I want to thank you for being a guest on The Best Kept Secret. To all of our listeners, let's keep crushing it out there until next time.